1: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey,
2: everybody, and welcome back to From Complex to Queens, Amazing Avenues Model League Podcast. I'm Steve Seipa, and I'm joined this week by Lucas Vlahos and Ken Levin and Thomas Henderson. We are living in a uh, post-no-hitter world. How, how are you guys doing today?
0: That was a very fun game, in my yes. honest opinion. <laughs> that it was.
3: If you're, if, I like Jerry Blevins. I don't understand the argument that this does not count as a no-hitter.
0: Yeah, that's just like, I don't know. It's 2022. 20 no one's throwing full nine. If eights. you
3: want to make an argument that a single pitcher no-hitter has more juice, yeah, absolutely it does. Mm. It's
0: oh, still I agree. a no-hitter! I agree it has more juice, for sure. That, but it absolutely does. You can't—that's just taking away from, like, what everyone did there. And also it's cool that Mets prospect legend Tyler McGill was the one to do it, and not, like, DeGrom or Scherzer or some shit like that. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> but yeah, I don't know.
3: Uh, also, the Mets can only wear the black jerseys at home now. Those are the rules. I don't make them. Yeah,
2: I mean, listen, one game, one no-hitter, so...
0: hmm hmm It's hard to argue with the results. If these trends continue. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so promote extend trade, and on this date back in 1920, the first uh, Major League Negro League game took place between the... Uh, American Giants and the Indianapolis ABCs, and Indianapolis won 4-2, and the Negro National League, it lasted from 1920 to 1931, and then it was replaced by a second league of the same name. A little bit later, the Negro American League uh, was formed, that lasted until the 60s, when obviously there was enough uh, widespread integration in baseball to make the Negro Leagues unnecessary. We got to see some of the greats of the Negro Leagues play in Major League Baseball, but we didn't get to see everybody. Not everybody got their due. So, who are we going to promote extend, trade of these players that were Negro League greats that never got to play in Major League Baseball? Who would we want to see? <clears throat> okay, all right. First is obviously the best, Josh Gibson. I mean, I'm trying not to skew things here, but yeah. Josh Gibson is Josh Gibson. Yeah. Next, we have the best pitcher in Negro Leagues history, Smokey Joe Williams. And last but not least, <clears throat> it's a guy who played all over the place, <clears throat> has stats from multiple continents, has been enshrined in multiple Hall of Fames in multiple countries, and was an excellent pitcher and hitter, Martin DeHigo.
0: Oh, that's okay. You made it a little tougher.
3: Yeah, that's uh I tried to go
2: the best hitter, the best pitcher, and a guy who was literally great at both.
0: He was like the the, the Shohei before Shohei, you know? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. to put it in the best modern baseball terms. And that's like the one of the coolest baseball players ever, Shohei, you know. That's a tough one.
3: Smoky is a good nickname. I'm tempted to to make that the extend based purely on the, the name factor. I will admit my negro my knowledge of the Negro Leagues is less than it should be and less than I would like.
0: Hopefully, with integration stuff, they celebrate it more because yes. it deserves to be celebrated. Um. It might be still Josh Gibson first for me, just because he was probably the best player in those leagues for the longest amount of time and never got a shot, you know.
2: Yeah, that's like, that's fair. who I was going with. Yeah. like
0: he's he, he's the one guy people are like, I wish he was he had a shot at the majors because it would have been he deserved it basically, you know. Mm-hmm. That's fair.
2: I'm going with. Gibson, Dehigo and Smoky Joe. Nothing yeah. against Smoky Joe, of course. Yeah, Smoky Joe, point. man, come on. It's,
0: it's just a, he's a victim of circumstance, Lucas. Uh, ah, yeah,
3: so, yeah. What happened to good baseball player nicknames? <laughs> we just all decided we're not doing that anymore.
2: Unfortunately. That, well, that leaves us up to us, you know. That's why uh-huh. we have the big derp and <laughs> the oof and the <laughs>
3: I forgot about Oompa
4: Loompa. Loompa.
3: (laughs) Oh, now it's back in my head. (laughs) It's the rest of the pod. Thank you, Ken.
4: Doing
3: the Lord's work.
2: It's the original... uh thing i wanted to do here was players that just never got to play in major league baseball and i couldn't think of a great third but here's a here's a very tough secondary question here who would you rather have josh gibson or sadaharu O?
0: that's a good one. Ooh, gibson was a catcher so that might skew it a little bit just for if mm. we're talking about positional advantage you know like O was a first baseman or an outfielder Something like that.
4: Outfield, mm-hmm. I think.
0: That's yeah. like off the top of the dome for me. I'm not looking it up, but I feel like it's one of those two. But I mean, if you're going to get that hitting production from Catcher, I guess it's hard to argue. You know.
3: I mean, based on year, though, oh, like if you want.
0: Sure. I guess, yeah, yeah
3: that's like true. against yeah. The store, Like if you can transport them and adjust to normal or adjust to modern day, then yeah, take the Catcher. But if we're just taking on true talent, the. More recent players, probably better. But in terms of fun, I think both would have been. Uh, I mean, I love the Japanese hitting style, so I might be partial to O. Just because it looks so different. And I yeah. don't know that the Negro Leagues necessarily had a hitting style that was as, that's as distinctly different as the Japanese one is from the Western style.
2: I don't even know if we have any videos of Gibson. Yeah. Obviously, we have pictures, but
0: mm-hmm.
2: hmm. I'll look into that later because now I'm actually interested.
0: That really is wild how, like, that league has survived through, like, word of mouth alone at this point, you know?
4: Yeah, that's
2: that's one thing that – like obviously, it's unfortunate that the Negro Leagues were always – A, it was unfortunate that there had to be Negro Leagues to begin with because of, you know, segregation in Major League Baseball – It's also unfortunate that so much of that history has been lost unintentionally, just because, you know, like, you have a a box score of a game, and nobody places, you know, that much importance on it, and it just kind of gets lost to history. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On the flip side of that, though, it's cool that that has had an effect on the game by just making it so mystical so it, it romanticizes it almost if you know that, what. and
0: that's how important that league was to people yeah that like we have kept it in the public eye for so long despite it being really like we have like 20 games of box scores and we don't even know really where these games counted and mm-hmm. like you know like there's so much we don't know about um the negro leagues and also they've stayed alive and in its importance because they are really important
4: hmm
2: All right, now we'll move on to our way too early draft update, which is really not too way too early anymore. We're starting to get into just a little early now.
3: It's two? No, it's three months now. I'm I still have to adjust to the fact that the draft is in July. Yeah, it's it's weird.
0: It's going to be so weird for players and stuff too when like they come into when the Mets draft them, whoever they draft. Can I
3: say I kind of hate it just in terms of the year calendar? Because at the end of July, you have like the trade deadline. So there's already stuff going on.
4: Yeah, it was nice to
3: have the draft in June. It's like, all right, now we're getting into the uh, I mean, obviously, how to how to describe this? Like there's a lot of fun, like it's fun to watch games. But June to July used to be like the most transactionally fun time of the year.
0: Yeah, it's like, okay. all
3: right, draft, trades, waivers, contenders, blah, 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 blah. But now it's all, like, mashed together.
2: It's It was a little problematic with the NCAA College World Series and everything happening That's simultaneously fair. with the draft, but I would prefer it that way because, like you're saying, it was just... It, it was more fun. There was more time for players to get actually in and play, you know. At, you the, same have...
3: t- at the same time, though, like, you had... I mean, I understand that it's it, the it happening at the same time as the college. This is a really long tangent. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. I understand that uh, it happening at the same time as the College World Series is a problem for the production value. Because, like, the top guys wouldn't be there or whatever. And they want this to be like the NFL draft, which it will never be. But whatever. But, like, the one I always remember is Dan's B. Swanson getting picked first overall. And then his teammates, like, going freaking nuts on the field at. Vanderbilt yeah I think yeah. uh after their the the college world series game they were in and that was really awesome to to see come up on ESPN so I don't know I, I I'm, I'm being a crank
0: I, probably I also kinds. I also really liked it for like I remember when the Mets drafted Alonzo I just watched all the the Florida games from <laughs> then because I was like oh cool like now there's an actual investment for mm-hmm. me like because I went to a small liberal arts d3 college you know like I don't have like college sports rooting investments. Mm-hmm. I just watch it really for the college, for the sports of it. But <clears throat> I remember as soon as the Mets him, I was like, oh, Florida's playing like tomorrow, you know? And I was like, oh, I, cool. I could watch the Mets second round pick because mm-hmm. he's he's technically a Met, you know, and he's technically mm-hmm. still a, in Florida. I, I always found that pretty cool that like there was an overlap there and there was kind of a reason for fans to tune in to those um, more of a reason if you're not a college sports fan.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. On the same boat, I don't have, like, vested rooting interests in any team. So to see players like, okay, this is a guy I should be rooting for now, it, it is better for the product, the college, you know, uh, the college product.
0: I think Justin Dunn was similar. Like, he pitched right after the match. Oh, draft. that's who I was I, to I watched, up. like, I
5: three or four of his starts.
0: And then. I watched a lot of his starts then because I was like, okay. oh, cool. Like, the match I'm sure team. Pete Alonso took him deep. I um, think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. Can do you remember? Good.
3: Do you guys remember uh, Justin Dunn like blowing away Zach Collins right oh, yeah, after yeah, they yeah, both he did. got drafted <laughs> later
5: in that game? Though Zach Collins, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, very long dinger.
3: <laughs> yes, I mean that was kind of the Justin Dunn story at the time. He'd be good for two innings, and then and the I'm velocity bad, yeah. would go away. And
5: uh, it's almost like he was a college reliever at some. point. Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> Strange how that <laughs> works out. Funny how life works. But mm. no, yeah, I always found that Steve's schedule uh, uh sufficiently.
2: <laughs> that's okay. Well, I mean, we have a good free five minutes or so because both my guys are just injured. So boop, that's the end of that. <clears throat> Lucas, Brock Porter, and Dylan Beavers.
3: Uh, I'll do Brock Porter first. Uh, <laughs> Brock Porter had to start on the 28th. So what was that? Today Saturday. That was the Thursday. Six innings pitched, 15 strikeouts, one walk. He did give up two runs, so drop him down the draft board. Trash. That should take him in the second. Um, I mean, I'm going to make the same comments. He's too good for high school. I don't know that you we can really glean so much like from the bits of Twitter video we're seeing because those are always going to be the good things, whatever. Um. There's a legitimate argument. There is a non-zero chance he is the first pitcher selected now.
0: Especially yeah.
3: now. Yeah, yeah after red. Dylan Lesko's injury. I don't think there was any chance before. Like, if someone took Porter over a healthy Lesko, they're drunk. But with Lesko hurt, which I think we'll talk about a little bit later, uh, Porter might be the first pitcher taken. Now, I think there's also just kind of an amalous group of these prep arms that you could take in any order, and there's going to be a lot of different prep factors that we're not privy to, but looks real good. Nice, nice prep. First round pitching prospect, uh, Dylan Beavers, three for nine, five walks. The four of them came in a midweek game against the garbage school Four, four, uh, four four. Four walk game pretty good. against Pacific. I don't like, I don't think I ever, as someone who called a decent number of Cal baseball games, I don't remember ever calling the game against Pacific. Um, Hit a home run against Oregon, uh, struck out four times this week. I, at least to me, I I, I haven't seen. I, I mean, I was always pounding the table for him as like a top of the second round guy, and now he's sneaking into the back of the first round in mocks. Um, so it seems like teams are liking what they see. I still have a little worry about the swing and miss, but it's a nice. Uh, it's a nice combination of semi-polished college hitter with upside for more since he's newer to hitting than most. So doing his thing. Patience, dingers, just got to cut, cut down on the swing and miss.
0: The patience, always impressive to me with him because, like, he's mm-hmm. so new to the position. Yeah. I think that, like, he would be the opposite of that and be yeah. fooled by all this stuff.
3: Yeah, and then like if you want to be rosy about it, like maybe he learns how to swing and miss less as he gets more experience. But and I think I don't actually I think there are some suboptimalities in his swing you could fix a little bit. So, um, lots of reasons for optimism. If he's going to the back end of the first, he's probably not going to be a Met, but that's fine.
0: He is big. Goes to like a really smart team, and they're like, do this instead, and then nice. he's good. You know.
3: I saw mocked to the Yankees and the. I forget what the other team was, but two teams in the back first. All
2: right, Ken, how is Jace Jung doing, and how is Kim Collier doing?
5: Uh, Kim Collier still hasn't played. Um, so I'm that's assuming right. his season Their is, season is over. over.
2: That's right. That's right.
5: Their season is over. I think they have like three games or so left. Uh, he hasn't played in about two weeks. Not sure why, but uh, I assume it was something sinister. Uh, would be easier to find so he finished his season hitting 333 431 525 and 162 at bats uh seven dingers 17 extra base hits uh 25 walks against 30ks so pretty good season for a guy who's like three years younger than everybody's playing against um jace jung he had an okay week he um a measly 5 for 10, but <laughs> no extra base hits, uh, 4 walks, 1K. So through 45 games this year, he's hitting 373, 523, 696. So trade, he's under 700 slugging. Damn. Um, that's a, a 1219 OPS with 11 homers, 29, 29 extra base hits, 50 walks, and 26 Ks and 161 at-bats. So still very good. <laughs> Still likely to be the uh, the top college position player taken in the draft.
2: Oh yeah. All uh, right, and Thomas, Gavin Cross, <clears throat> and Brandon Berea.
0: Um, Berea is continuing his kind of like I don't want to say weird season, but he didn't play like he didn't pitch this week. <clears throat> the last time he pitched was April nineteenth, and he was mostly he was fine pretty much. Um. I said this in, the, in my little update, but I'll just go over it again. He struck out 11 over six, but also gave up four, inning, uh, four runs, all in the sixth inning. So that might have been him running out of gas a little bit. That might have been him like leaving two runners on and or leaving the bases loaded or whatever, and getting kind of screwed with like a reliever. It's hard to tell with high school because we don't really we're not privy to that information really. Um, but they played three times last week, and two of the games were very close together, like the, the 26th and the 28th or something like that. So I think they just are going to let him pitch the next game. I'm assuming like he'll have a, we'll have a start to talk about for him next week, but um, they might be being a little careful with him because they're really good and they're going to need him more down the stretch, you know, like <laughs> saving his bullets type thing. And also he's a high school kid and he's shown a little bit of, uh, sometimes he's been a little rock, like a little rockier than you would expect this year, but he still has, I think it's like a two something ERA on the season. So it's way more good than bad. And uh, Gavin Cross is just doing his thing. Like his, his, Career numbers have basic his career, his season numbers have basically stayed around the 335, 429, 639 that he is now. So he's been really consistent. He had that little dip where he was under 300 for like a week or so, and then he just shot that right back up. And he's been around those numbers ever since. And I just think that's kind of the hitter that he is in college. And that's perfectly, that's a perfectly good one. You know, that's a yeah. thousand OPS. He is hitting for, a, he only has nine home runs, which is a bit surprising. But it is also though his career high is eleven and fifty one games and he has nine and thirty seven, so it's not really like a crazy number off. But um the extra base hits are eleven doubles and five triples as well. So that's always nice to see that it's a lot of gap to gap power, it seems, where he's really he's really doing a good job of like hitting four power, even if it's not always a home run. And he also has seven steals and hasn't been caught yet. So oh, not bad. Yeah, he's an interesting player because you look at 6'3", 2'15", and you think, like, big power-hitting clotter, But while he does that, you don't steal five and— I mean, steal seven and have five triples without being fast. Like, the speed is there for him. So I wonder if center field could be a thing for him going forward. I think any team who drafts him would try him there just because you want the guy to be a center fielder, but we'll see. He's played center field this year. He only played one game in right, so. There you go. All right, before we move on
2: from the draft, we have some draft-related news that was kind of touched upon quickly. It was announced a couple of days ago that Dylan Lesko underwent Tommy John surgery. We haven't really talked too much about him in our draft coverage um, because, you know, he's basically out of the Mets' league. Uh, A lot of times guys will be arguably this, arguably that, but Lesko was not arguably. He was the best high school pitcher in the draft this year, period. So him getting Tommy John, it's pretty major news. And it's going to shake the draft up a bit. And the Mets are either going to be directly or indirectly impacted by it. Because you know what? Now there's a chance that they possibly, potentially are able to select someone who's injured, but when healthy, was the best high school pitcher in the draft class. What made him so good? Fastball, very good. Low to mid-90s. A top dead around 70... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> 97 that
3: would uh be concerning steven
2: <laughs> yes um it looked like he threw two fastballs a four-seamer and a two-seamer because the fast the, the four-seamer it had some rise when it was up in the zone and the two-seamer had some arm side run and some sink when it was thrown low definitely above the average uh to plus pitches change up sat in the low 80s had a shit ton of tumble plus pitch uh, his curveball, a big upper 70s bender. It had 2,700 to 3,000 RPM of spin. Didn't always control it, but had above average potential, possibly more. Uh, the command of the fastball and the changeup were above average. Like I said, the curveball not so much, but overall above average command mechanics. No red flags, repeatable. Um, you know, nothing really to dislike or think would be problematic in the future. So. This was a guy that was projected by, you know, industry sources in the know to go as high as, like, three or so and in, like, the four to seven range. Now, with the injury, obviously, probably not so much. If he drops down a couple of spots, you know, say he drops down from four to seven to eight to 14, guess what? That's in the Mets' wheelhouse because they have not one but two picks.
3: Man, if this was—and maybe you guys disagree—if this was literally any other team in baseball, (laughs) even if this was the Mets two or three years ago, I'd be screaming on the podcast right now about how they need to go draft Dylan Lesko, how this is an incredible opportunity— To land a top five level talent that Tommy John isn't a big deal. And frankly, Tommy John isn't a big deal for most of the league. It's a big deal for the
4: Mets.
3: (laughs) They cannot, cannot, cannot rehab a Tommy John correctly for the life of them. Like legitimately, when was the last time someone had Tommy John and came back from it okay for the Mets? Thor took two years and had a setback and doesn't look the same. Sapaki is broken. I won't fault them for Molina. His mechanics were always going to fuck him anyway. Uh, you go further back. Matt's had issues. Bobby Parnell's career ended. Uh, the dude they traded for, uh, Billy Hamilton, is never the same. <laughs> they They can't do it.
0: Yeah, that would be my concern too. Is just they're in there, not they don't have a strong history of rehabbing this injury correctly. I mean, even Matthew Allen already had a second surgery. Like the second surgery, how had, could I forget? Like, <laughs> like, like the second surgery he had is quite common for guys who've had Tommy John, but also you right. don't want him to have it. You know, like mm-hmm. Matt's had the same thing, and so did Degrom. Like Degroms, they they healed. They, they actually did a pretty good job, and it was fine. But that was also like 12 years ago. You know, like. De- DeGrom had his arm had that second surgery like well after his Tommy John. I think it was just happenstance that he had it. But I don't know, like I I genu I I agree. I think they I think having the second first round pick gives them a bit of a cushion to do this though, where okay. other teams don't have that. Like whoever's picking 10 or 12, I don't remember off the top of my head, like that's their first round pick. Like it, it completely relies on if they rehab as Tommy John Right, If they do, then it's a steal. And if they don't, then you've basically wasted your first-round pick. The Mets pick two, three picks later. So if they do knock on wood, draft him, and mess it up, or not, I don't want them to mess it up. If they do draft him and mess it up, they still have a second first-round pick. that they The draft isn't all lost. So I think that's an interesting kind of hedge that they have, like a natural hedge they have that other teams don't. Agreed. It's,
2: uh, I don't know, I mean, was, we, we've seen it's last, tough, uh, it's yeah, tough, as we saw last year that, you know, that maybe they don't like uh, pitchers with potential injury issues.
0: We also don't know what Rocker had, like, like if Rocker had something worse than Tommy John, then, like, and the Mets are st- st- denying that, then that's fine, but they know what Lesko has. Like, yeah. Every single person knows that it's Tommy John.
5: I'd like, say this is closer to Ginn than it was. Uh, Ron. Yeah, I
0: agree with that.
3: Gin didn't have a great Tommy John recovery either.
0: He didn't. Uh, he did not have a great Tommy John recovery, but it is closer to Ginn than it is.
5: Uh, At least in terms of like things the Mets might
2: do.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it. This kills me.
2: At the same time, though, consider how many pitchers in this draft are, were like first round talents, you know, like top half first round talents, whatever, that now have had Tommy John surgery. I mean, you have, or, or some other similar injury. You know, is this going to drop Lesko that much, maybe?
3: I don't know. It really, like,
2: Like when you're, when your entire, when you're, when the entire group of pitchers who are considered the top pitchers are all hurt, (laughs) does that basically just say everyone, okay, well, you got a mulligan because there's no guy that is now heads and shoulders above everyone else.
3: I mean, but we're not even taught, we haven't talked about those guys in this time. Like no one has taught, no one wants them. Yeah. Um, and frankly, that might be an ar- a better argument against drafting Lesko, right? If, if, if at the start of this process, 12 months or 15 months ago, whatever, there were four or five top-level arms or three, however many, and Lesko was the last one standing and now he's down as well, why should he be higher up than the other guys who all got hurt? If anything, he'd almost be lower, right? Because he's a high school arm, not a college arm. And his surgery is later, so it's going to take him longer to get back on the field. I... Plus complicating things. He also
2: has a commitment to Vanderbilt. Does
3: yeah, it, you're not it, getting a discount.
2: Yeah. Like, no, you're getting, him no, you're to not
3: getting
4: a discount. just
2: say, screw it. I will go to college. I'll redshirt and just rebuild my potential value,
3: and the Mets which, pick which he is, will. The Mets pick is not protected. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they they really can't. They do not have the, the rocker ledge of we get the pick next year like they did last year. Like, they have to sign both guys. There's just literally no other option.
2: Mm-hmm. It's it, It'll be uh, a pressure cooker in that draft room.
3: There are enough college players I like in this range, and it really hates me to say this because in years past, I would have totally been pounding the table for Lesko. In fantasy, I'm going to go draft Lesko everywhere, but, like, There are enough college hitters in this range that uh, I think they'd be better off taking one of them instead of uh, taking the gamble, which sucks, but
2: yeah. Well, if nothing else, it makes what is going to be a pretty interesting and fun first night of the draft for the Mets even more more intriguing.
0: Especially if he's on the board.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. All right, well, we're going to head to a break, and everybody, I need you to give your thoughts and prayers and whatever to Lucas. He's making some sauce, (laughs) and he needs to go stir it. Yes,
3: yes, I do. Good luck. (laughs) Thanks.
1: 18 plus. All right, and we are
2: back. Mission accomplished.
3: The sauce has been stirred. Nothing was burned. The, I don't know, 50 or so dollars worth of meat that I got from Arthur Avenue to put in the sauce is all still <laughs> fine. This is also like three, four or five gallons of sauce, so don't worry. I'm getting my money's worth out of this. All right. Well, How
0: it smell, out? though? How's it oh, smell?
3: Oh, the entire wow. apartment smells like meat and marinara sauce.
0: Excellent.
4: Excellent. It's... Work.
3: So good, so good.
2: All right, so uh, April is basically over, and we are going to do a review of the month. We'll do a, an April report card for all of our uh, top prospects. Very simple, stock up, stock down, holding, or obviously you know, some kind of other, be it a medical issue or players no longer on the team or whatever the case may be. <clears throat> so first up, Francisco Alvarez, he is currently hitting 292, 375, .667 in 13 games at Binghamton with four homers, no steals, a 10.7 walk percentage, and a 28.6 strikeout percentage. Definitely stock up for me.
3: Yes. He agree. He's really good. There is a non-zero chance he is the top prospect in baseball at
0: midseason. Yeah, in 2023 Mets DH because
3: Bobby Witt is called up. Julio's Witt, Rodriguez, Torkelson are all going to graduate. Boz is hurt. He's outplaying Luciano and Walker. And then it's really just can he jump Rutschman? And maybe he can't. But Who shouldn't, shouldn't... be
2: in the minor leagues. He's hurt <laughs> he though,
0: right? He had a bicep tent, yeah, <laughs> year but a half. yeah, he but should learn in also... Ken Side. He, he should also graduate. I don't know if he will, but like and if he's healthy, he'll graduate. Yeah, I mean I hope so, but you never know with them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, the Orioles are an embarrassment to baseball.
3: <laughs> well, it's sky. In other news, sky still blue.
0: Speaking of the Orioles, I finally saw their new outfield wall dimensions last uh, night. Like in a uh, game, it's uh, awful. It looks so bad. It doesn't even. It looks like a fake stadium in a video game.
3: I mean, really? they are he's, kind of uh, a fake team, not, so... He's not <laughs> actually outperforming. No, has Riley Green played?
0: He got hurt. Oh,
3: well, no. Riley okay.
0: Green, he was going to make opening day, and he... he got hurt? He took a foul ball off his foot or something. Like, he hurt his foot. I know that. I, I remember that, because I was going to draft him. And Oof. he broke his foot or something, and he's going to be out. For, he was out for like two months. He's going to be on the Tigers, though. Like, they okay. wanted him to... They wanted him to break camp like Torkelson did, and he got hurt.
3: Just the other name that was ahead of... Uh... Alvarez on BP's one oh one. Alright, number two now, Brett Beatty. He is hitting 310,
2: 375 seventy-five, four eighty-three in sixteen games with Binghamton, with one homer, no steals, a six point three walk rate, and a thirty one point three percent strikeout rate. I gotta say stock up. Yep. <sighs> You I can make the that. case, you could definitely make a case and I was thinking very very uh, heavily about it about stock holding
3: because I it might be
0: stock holding for me. Yeah, I'm
3: going holding because that uh, more strikeouts but no additional power and he's he's hitting the shit out of the ball so it's not entirely unearned but most of his offense is coming from a 460 babbitt right now.
0: I think it even's out but right now if we're going to say like if we're doing stocks, I'm holding for now. Yeah,
3: yeah, I'm not down on him by any means, but he's not making the improvements I wanted him to make yet.
2: Number three, Ronnie Mauricio. He's currently hitting 293, 328, 517 in 14 games of Binghamton with two homers, three stolen bases, a 3.3 walk rate, and a 29.5% strikeout rate. I'm giving him a stack up.
0: Yeah, I. He's performing. It doesn't. It's I don't, right. It, the same shit. I don't like, I don't like yeah. how it looks, but he's I, he's hitting. <laughs> it's just I, one of those things where I, that's gonna get exposed. I think. Yeah. Oh
3: yeah. Oh yeah. Like I had to give him a stock <laughs> up slightly just because I was so low on his stock in the first place.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I mean, I bet if we could pull his stack cast numbers, it would not be. Uh, Pretty in terms of chase rate and contact rate in the zone and all those yeah. things. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just the swing decisions and it's all that combined into. It's it's stock up for me, I agree, because the numbers aren't lying. Like, that's what he's hitting, but.
2: Mm-hmm. It's giving me, like, major Ahmed Rosario vibes where yeah, was he was kind did. of always. He was, you know, kind of just treading water, treading water. Then he got to Binghamton, and he has his great season. Everything spikes, and then, you know, we know the rest of the story. If I'm at Rosario,
4: I
3: mean, I th- I, I, I'm not trying to victory lap anything here. At least to me, it was like, okay, the stats are good. Now, as I go to victory, lap, the stats were good, but the approach still sucked. Like nothing ever changed. And <laughs> yeah, Javier Baez makes this work, but Javier Baez is is slash was in a 70 or 80 grade athlete with 80 raw power. And Ronnie Mauricio is a nice athlete with good raw power, but he's not Javier Bias.
0: You you don't want to be like, "Oh, prospect, be like Javier Bias." Yeah, <laughs>
3: not a good process. <laughs> because he's
0: repeat. one of one. Like yeah. like watching him as a met even for like just 2 months and and he was he was good as a met, don't get me wrong, but it was like watching him I was just like he's the only dude on this planet who could Mm -hmm. play baseball the way he does at a high level like everyone else would do that and be like hitting 200 or or, like 190 and sometimes he does that too but (laughs) like yeah he does it in a different way and it's the fielding and he's he's a different he's a different breed like you don't you don't want your guys to be like him because he's one of one in my opinion
2: Right, number four, Mark Vientos. He is currently hitting 167, 246, 315 in 16 games in Syracuse. with one homer, no stolen bases, and an 8.2% walk percentage, and a 34.4 strikeout percentage. Stock down, but this is nothing new for Vientos, who is always a stock down
3: early in the season.
0: Man, I'm terrified for him with Velo, but stock down. Yep. Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, this is the this is the level we always said it might fail.
0: Yeah, this is the big one for him. I'm curious test. to see if he gets over his slow start, like he Right, yeah, that,
3: does. that's going to be the big test. Like, three re- from now? Can he report to spring training with like the pitchers and catchers and get a month head start <laughs> on everyone? Maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's why even like in the seasons where I think he's going to be good, like
3: yeah, he test. did this last year too. He was yeah. awful, and then said, oh, just kidding. Call an ambulance, but not for my (laughs) staff line. Not for me. Number five, Matthew
2: Allen. He's still recovering from Tommy John and ulnar transposition surgery, so he's a medical old.
0: I hope I I don't see you pitch this year, Matthew.
3: Eh, (laughs) I mean, he could, he could.
0: I I, I just think that's (laughs) not worth it, you know?
3: I hope he does in the back half. He'll it's
0: make those, it's those two play.
2: marquee Brooklyn, you know, one inning appearances in mm. September.
0: There, he he becomes their closer for like a month.
4: Mm.
2: <laughs> Number six, JT Ginn. Uh, obviously, he was traded, but for whatever it's worth, he has a 4.26 ERA in 12.2 innings with the Midland Rockhounds, Oakland's Double A team, mm. with nine hits allowed, four walks, and 17 strikeouts. So he's he's doing okay.
0: <clears throat> Thank you for Chris Bassett, who is very good
2: <laughs> Yes oh, yeah.
0: Zero
3: qualms about trading JTK
2: Nope Number 7, Khalil Lee He is currently hitting 116, 269, 140 In 13 games in Syracuse with no homers 5 stolen bases
4: <sighs> Yeah.
2: 17.3% walk rate But a 38.5% strikeout rate
0: eh, Well, I'll be jumping out
3: the window now Thank you <laughs>
0: He's a three yeah. true outcomes player. Walks, strikeouts, and stolen bases. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Five steals is pretty wild. For like, yeah,
2: that's pretty good.
0: But everything else is just... He's just not hitting the ball. No. Mm. I know.
3: I it mean, could be so much fun if it works. I know.
2: It it's, still, it's still time. Uh, number eight, Nick Plummer. He's currently hitting 241, 343, 448 and eight games to circus with two homers, a stolen base, a 5.7 walk percentage, and a 25.7% strikeout rate. I would say his stock is, is holding. Because, it's a hold for me. Yeah. yeah. He hasn't really played too, too much.
0: He's been up and down playing, like, he was on the taxi squad, and he had a few games in Queens when there was COVID stuff, and then he went back down. It's been weird for him. It's been a weird month for him, so.
3: He also, he hit his third homer last night, which I assume was after Steve compiled these stats, so. Yes. Basically the same overall line.
0: Yeah, but just extra homer. I like him. Yeah, he's going to have some more time in Queens, I'm assuming. Like, just guys don't stay healthy for 162, that's not life, and... Mm -hmm. He's going to be the first guy up, especially with Lee just not hitting the ball at all. I don't think we see him. Yeah, no. it's it's going to be hard to unless he just hits like 400 from now on, you know, it's going to be hard to convince the Mets to just not let him sit in AAA and figure it out.
2: Number nine is Alexander Ramirez, and he's currently hitting 371, 427, 516 in 16 games with St. Lucie. Excuse me, 15 games with St. Lucy. no homers, a stolen base, a 5.9% strike a uh, walk rate, and a 17.6% strikeout rate. Stock way, 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 way up. up. Yep. Yeah,
0: this is yeah. Hit the ball in the air more, but stock up. <laughs> oh
2: my god, please. <laughs> I've been tracking all of the Statcast data. I uh, yeah, I'll send you guys because now that the month is over, I'll send you guys. But he's averaging like 93% exit velo. Something to that effect. And averaging, you know, launch angle is a weird thing to do. But I mean, it, it is a statistic. However much value that statistic has, that's up to debate. But he's averaging like a two percent, uh, excuse me, a two degree launch angle, which is
3: we not call a, that the
0: Eric Campbell. Yes.
3: <laughs> yeah. Thomas beat me by one second. <laughs>
0: I was I mean, waiting on still, because as soon as his, Steve said, said that to us before I was like, "Oh, Eric Campbell.
4: Okay."
2: I mean, he's I mean, he's he has a very high batting average. So, like he's hitting the ball on the ground and it's getting by the fielders.
4: Oh,
0: yeah, cuz he's smoking the ball.
2: He's he's but, stinging it. Yeah, but it just man once he figures out things a little bit more, like
0: mm, that's something. Yeah, if he starts hitting the ball in the air with that exit with that amount of like raw exit VLO off his bat, he's gonna that's gonna be interesting. Yep.
2: <sighs> Alright, number ten now, Jalen Palmer. He's currently hitting one thirty five, two eighty nine, one eighty nine in twelve games with Brooklyn with no homers, three stolen bases, an eleven point one percent walk rate and a forty eight point nine percent strikeout rate um not good
3: i am out
0: it's only 12 games but i might be out i might be starting to get out too it's
2: yeah it's just i mean i'm not i'm not out but it's just like man come on dude you're better than this
0: yeah i really like him and i really want it to succeed but like he just hasn't hit at in brooklyn ever and this is his second go round at brooklyn right
2: uh he spent about a third of the year last year. So
0: I mean I won't call it a second. You know what I mean? Like he's,
2: he's been exposed to those kinds of pictures.
0: And it's to start this slow after repeating to start at the same place you ended with is worrying for me. Yep.
3: Hey, maybe he'll pull a Shravia Newton and in two years go back <laughs> down to A ball and figure it out. Shravyan Newton's still striking out thirty percent of the time. He hasn't figured it He's hitting the ball hard though, right? Yes. I mean he's hitting yes. hit the ball hard.
2: Alright, next up is number 11, Hayden Sanger, and he is currently hitting 231, 318, 410 in 12 games at Binghamton with one homer, one stolen base, a 6.8 walk percentage, and a 27.3 strikeout percentage. That is a slight stock down for me.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that.
3: I'll say hold. Especially because he's in the t- weird timeshare with Alvarez, which is probably not the best for Sanger's development. Yeah, I don't but
0: really know, I know why he's there. Like I, so, I,
3: it's
2: really weird.
0: It's I don't so know odd. Why they did that. It's so odd. I guess because they're they're DHing Alvarez a fair bit, so mm. like.
2: The, sure, the thing like I can I can understand that, and I can understand also like it's cool to have like a, another. Catcher who's defense oriented working with Alvarez to help Alvarez. That's that's cool. But you have Nick Meyer in AAA who's having a good season, but he's less valuable than Sanger is. Like you could just flip flop them. Give Sanger more playing time. You have mm-hmm. a pretty solid defensive oriented catcher helping Alvarez where he needs help. Like
4: Yeah. I,
0: uh, I yeah, they feel it feels like they should be switched and Sanger should be catching every day and... Uh, Syracuse also like if something happens to Nito like theoretically S- Sanger's your third catcher I mean I know it's Mazzica because <laughs> they, they adore him but theoretically it should be Sanger coming up and he's in Binghamton in a timeshare you know like it's just yeah like yeah. It, it it feels so weird and like Nito I think he's close to being a free agent like Sanger might be a guy who should be replacing him internally but if you're not doing that because he's in double A, you know like it's just very strange to me their handling of their handling of Singer this year. Agreed. I think it says what they think about him though. Not protecting him in the rule 5 and then
4: mm-hmm.
0: making him yeah. out as his backup like I think that sends pretty clear messages that they don't think he's a he is one of their top prospects even though industry-wide he's a top 10 to 12 guy.
2: Next up, uh, number 12, Calvin Ziegler. He currently has a 3.07 ERA in 14.2 innings over four starts to St. Lucie with four hits allowed, nine walks, and 26 strikeouts. He gets a stock up.
0: Yep, he's a perfectly good pitching prospect.
3: He was real good last night. Yeah,
0: he was, right? Yes. Three hitless innings or something?
3: 4.1 innings, one hit, and nine or eight strikeouts. Mm-hmm. I should know, dead, yeah. because I did the report yesterday, and it's already left my brain. Nine strikeouts, Nine. yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> look, he wasn't supposed to be their top pick, but he sure looks pretty freaking good. And we heard, like, there were whispers about him looking real good on the backfields and all that, so.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's performing as, I don't want to say, he's performing better than advertised, I guess, so far, so what you want to
3: see we don't have the stat cast on him do we we or do. should because it's st Lucie. okay yes. go take a peep at that at some point
2: i mean he's ever been averaging about 94 at the fast wall uh, mm-hmm. touching 97 which is good <sighs> i could pull it up
3: here oh, Nah, let's... you don't have to do it in right. the middle of the pod here but I'll, <laughs> I'll hit you up for that afterwards
2: yeah no like i said i'll, I'll send everybody the uh document once the month is over completely but there's some good stuff there, folks. Definitely some good stuff. Um, number 13, Eric Orsi. Maybe Ooh. not so much good. 11.05 ERA in 7.1 innings over six appearances out of the Syracuse bullpen. Seven hits allowed, four walks, and 12 strikeouts.
0: It's only seven innings, but damn. He's just yeah. getting lit up. So, I mean, he goes out at this point.
2: I would say I would I would say hold because you know just six appearances or whatever but he is getting hit hard, you know he is he is still striking people out which is good he's not like going crazy with the walks, but it's just you know it's a it's a down for me because those hits are like hard hits.
0: Yeah, he's getting lit up. It's a down. Like he yeah. could salvage it easily and be fine. But it could just be a little bit like he's struggling early in the season, but that doesn't mean it's not a down right now.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Number fourteen, Jake Mangum. He has currently hit he's currently hitting one eighty nine, two fifty nine, three forty in thirteen games at Binghamton, with one Homer, one stolen base, eight point six percent walk rate, and a thirty one percent strikeout rate. It's down
0: Yeah. Yeah, gotta be.
2: Especially because, I mean, he spent the entire season in Binghamton last year, so you
0: should
4: yeah, not that's be rough.
2: Next up, 15. Adam Aller. Uh Obviously, he was traded. For what it's worth, Oakland gave him a spot in the rotation, and he made the majors. So I mean, I guess in, in that sense, it's a stock up for him. But he hasn't been good. He has a an 11.17 ERA in three point excuse me, in nine point two innings, with 15 hits allowed, eight walks, and eight strikeouts over three starts. So, but we got Chris Bassett.
3: Yeah. Well, Is it weird that I was more annoyed about giving up Aller than Gin, Gin, whichever? Uh, I think
2: so. A a lot of people, a lot of people. That was
5: pretty down on Gin.
2: (laughs) A lot of people, yes, were very down. I mean, uh, I didn't get it. Aller is like the throw-in piece, whereas Gin is the prospect. But a lot of people saw Aller, you know, having a pop in velocity and an improved slider, and Gin recovering from Tommy John and having the inverse, a little mm-hmm. bit less velocity and his, his pitches are less crisp and we're flip flopping in value, but in the long run, I think Ginn is the much better pitcher, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, Mets got Chris Bassitt. Exactly, that's yep. what that matters. <laughs> All right, number 16, Dominic Hamill. He currently has a 4.66 ERA in 9.2 innings over three starts at St. Lucie. He's allowed 12 hits. He's walked five, and he struck out 12. For me, this is a stock holding.
3: I agree. As someone who made a bold prediction about him, this is about what I'd expect from him as a starter. He's a guy I'd put in the bullpen sooner rather than later. The Mets clearly disagree
0: um i think that's uh, where he ends up though
3: right and he's but he's older so i don't understand why you're wasting time with a 23 year old yeah in but But whatever i mean
2: like i was saying to ken last week when i was looking at his data i feel like right now this is just a learning period because he's throwing six different pitches in in you know his games A starting pitcher, unless you're Eudorvish, unless you're King Felix, you don't need to throw that many pitches. I think right now they're just seeing what he has, seeing what works in the major leagues, and at some point in the future they'll say, okay, stop throwing all this stuff. These are the things that we've identified as good. Focus on these things. And then he will be better from that point on. But that's just my hypothesis right now.
3: Brandon Webb used to throw seven. Brandon Webb would like
0: throws a lot of pitches too. Speaking Brandon Webb would it.
3: like randomly drop in a knuckleball every now and then, as like a normal ass pitcher. We we need to normalize that. <sighs> he was so freaking good. It's a shame his shoulder gave out.
0: Yeah, he was really good.
2: All right, number seventeen, Jose Budo. He has a three ERA in eighteen innings over four starts at Binghamton. He's allowed fourteen hits. He's walked six. And he struck out 26. I'm going to give him a holding.
0: He's a hold. He is who it is for me. Really?
2: I mean, this is basically what he did last year. So.
4: Yeah.
2: yeah, At the same level. But he, but he's showing he can do it again.
4: Uh, I, I'm,
3: I'm I, Look, at the risk of uh, falling into the casual, the, the bucket of casual Twitter Met Prospect guy uh, who loves a, everyone.
2: Don't be a filthy casual, Lucas.
3: Uh, I'm... <laughs> I have an eyebrow raised. I am intrigued that he's oh, sure. doing this like, again. This is oh, yeah. stock it's up nice. for me.
2: That, that's a, he's. I mean, we ranked him seventeen. I think it's a good spot for him, especially given the mishmash that you know someone who's ranked seventeen could just as easily be ranked you know twelve in this system as it was composed last year. He's a solid pitcher. I think that there's a future for him, possibly as a major leaguer, but. I'm just saying it's a hold because he's not showing that he's done anything different. He's just continuing over eighteen innings the same kind of numbers that he put up last year against double a competition doing the same stuff uh, you know yeah. only now it's twenty twenty two instead of twenty twenty one it's It's good and it's useful to see that he can still do it this year and that you know the sixty innings or whatever it was that he pitched last year wasn't a fluke, but you know what I mean like I want to see a a step taken forward, maybe, to get a a stock up. And he's just kind of doing the same thing. All right, number 18 is Josh Walker. He is currently injured, so it's a stock holding for him, medical reasons. Number 19, Thomas Zapucky. And he currently has a 338 ERA in eight innings over three starts at Syracuse with eight hits allowed, three walks, and 15 strikeouts. I want to believe. I, I'm going to give yeah. him a stock up just because,
3: it, it, you know. He
0: stayed healthy. It's I want equal. to
3: believe. <laughs> 2019 prospect guy Lucas is super excited right now. Thomas Zepakia is striking out 17 per nine in AAA. <laughs> it probably, there's probably nothing to
2: yeah, we'll see.
0: Yeah, who knows? Wish, I mean, uh, go ahead. To get
2: f- more innings, but
0: yeah, I'm okay with being careful with it, though. Like,
2: but if they're gonna be careful with it, then just pick what they want to do. If they say, "Well, we don't want him to throw enough, too many innings," so let's just put him in the bullpen. Let's make him our closer. Let's make him a
3: something or other. Like,
0: I mean, that's what they should do, I think. But a closer yeah, to just, Thomas Zupacki would be very
3: fun.
2: Just something, you know, but. I mean, it is also a month into the season. He literally just has eight innings, so maybe they'll figure something out a couple of weeks from now. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, 20, Brian And uh, He has a 9.53 ERA and 5.2 innings over five appearances of Binghamton with five hits allowed, six walks, and nine strikeouts. He is a stock down for me. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I just would like to have seen more. I mean, we know he's going to give up hits. We know he's going to give up a ton of walks. I, I would prefer to have seen more strikeouts than just nine in 5.2 innings. But
0: With his stuff, he should be.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, 21, Junior Santos. And he currently has a 8.03 ERA in 12.1 innings over four starts at Brooklyn. With 18 hits allowed, 10 walks, and 11 strikeouts. Unfortunately, this is a down, yeah, stock time. down, and as the conductor of the train, I am <laughs> I'm slowly pulling into the station here. Getting that balls ready.
5: I mean, he's a guy who wouldn't have been a, a top 25 guy in like a slightly better season uh, system, right?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think agree. so. Just I don't think tall, I don't
5: think projectable you're... pitcher without. Any other determin- determinable skills? Yeah, that's
0: a guy who every other skill has eight of them. being tall is a skill. Is it, though? Yes.
4: I
3: think it might actually be an active detriment now in the era, now that we actually under Like, this is something we said about Noah Syndergaard for you. Like, oh, big, strong guy, tall, he's going to throw his fastball up in the zone and get whiffs. And now, now the science is more, well, if you have a lower release slot but can get rise in your fastball, that's actually better. I don't know that being tall is as much of an advantage as we've characterized it as for years. Uh, I
2: mean, it's, maybe it's not a skill, but it's, maybe it's not a positive, beneficial thing, but it's a skill, okay? You Mm -hmm. can't teach that, all right?
4: Mm
2: -hmm. But, yeah, I mean, he's just, everything that he's allowing is is being hit hard he's walking tons of guys and he's not striking them out it's just and this is all happening in brooklyn where you know brooklyn does brooklyn things so
4: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. (sighs) he's just been like in that same area i feel like forever yeah
2: like there's been no progression unfortunately
0: and he's getting lit up now and it's like every other year it's like well he was super young and you can excuse it and well he was super young and you can excuse it but at this at some point He's not super young anymore. Like he's still younger than he's still plenty young, don't get me wrong, but
2: right. He is younger than average, but he's at a point where he should have things developed more.
0: Like experience wise, he's yeah, not. Yeah. You know what I mean?
4: I just, don't know. It's
2: just not great. Not good. Yeah. Speaking of not good, number twenty two, Travis Blankenhorn. He's currently hitting <clears throat> one ninety six, two thirty three 393 in 16 games to Syracuse, with three homers, two stolen bases, a 5% walk rate, and a 30% strikeout rate.
4: Ooh.
3: Oh. Yeah. Yeah. All my guys I liked in AAA are bad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those years.
2: Do you like Carlos Cortez? Because.
3: Why don't you take a guess at that, Steve? Do I like Carlos Cortez? Does anyone like Carlos Cortez?
2: Well, he is currently hitting 179, 258, 286, and 17 games to Syracuse with one homer, no steals, an 8.1 walk percentage, and a 19.4 strikeout percentage. I mean, honestly, it's looking at the underlying numbers. I mean, an 8.1 walk and a 19.4 strikeout. It's not terrible. No, it's not. There are certainly guys – it might be the lowest strikeout rate on (laughs) this entire list.
3: Yeah. But we don't like Carlos Cortez. No. I mean, he's going to get major league time, and it's going to be annoying.
5: I I believe he is technically a friend of the podcast, though, so.
2: (laughs) Well, he ain't no friend of mine. Number 24, Levi David. He has currently rocking a perfect 0 ERA over 5 innings, uh, 4 appearances with St. Lucie. He's allowed 1 hit, he's walked 6, and he struck out 9. So, for me, it's a stock holding, mm-hmm. just because I would want to see more strength. He should be getting more strikeouts. Yeah, at that level? Yep,
0: yes. I agree. How old is he? Do you have that on hand?
5: Uh, he's a little older, 23,
0: I think. That's what I, that's what yeah, I thought. Right. Yeah. He's a little older, too? Yeah. So he should be doing, like, he, he should be dominating a little bit. It's funny to say that about a guy with a zero RA. But, like, <laughs> he should be, he should like... He have a negative ERA. <laughs> <laughs> he should be striking more people out. You're right. And Excuse he me. He's 22. He'll be
3: 23 in
2: June.
3: Okay.
0: Okay. And last... Yeah, I like about, him. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but...
2: Exactly, yeah. Last but not least is Robert Dominguez coming in at 25, and he had surgery back over the winter, so he hasn't played, and that's a medical hold. So, suffice to say, um, from the top 25, the little uh, could yeah. be doing better. Have there been some other players that are not in the 25 that have caught your guys' eyes?
3: Can I can – I, yes, uh, sure. I like Keyshawn Askew quite a bit at this mm-hmm. point. I am very uh, – the dude just keeps coming out of the bullpen and blowing people away for five innings, I would like them to promote him.
5: It's, uh, too. it's a skill.
3: Yes, yes. I've made like 17 puns about this in three different farm reports. The readers must be getting very fed up with me at this point.
2: And <laughs> we have like five years to go.
3: Uh-huh. And – Frankly, I'm, again, getting back to that vertical attack angle thing, I'm more intrigued by sidearmers than I used to be. Um, he's another guy I'd actually like to dig into the StatCast data about. But he's currently, in 16 innings, he has struck out 20 batters mm-hmm. and walked three.
2: Yeah, he's control, way too
3: good for St. Lucie. They need to promote him. Yeah, he's too good there.
2: The control is surprising.
3: Yeah. Because What's his average uh, fastball sitting at?
2: Uh, 91?
3: Okay, so the velocity gains from the spring haven't totally held, but... I mean, supposed you know, how
2: the mats go. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. His fastball is averaging... 90... Let's see, 89.9. Yeah, it's about
4: 90.
2: Mm. Still, intriguing.
0: I think from that I mean, angle, 90 he's a left.
2: Right, he's a left-hander. He... Is throwing from a very funky sidearm angle, and it's really more of a sinker than it is a fastball. So it's getting that additional, you know, sink and run on it. So, yeah. definitely, um, a guy who's who has some helium here in the system right now.
0: And he like, if you're gonna make him a pure reliever, which I think they should, like he yeah, could I kind guess. of a little quick here, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not saying mm-hmm. this year, but like a like a full blown reliever who's a college he was a college arm like it's not like you really have to keep him down at these levels to develop him like you could be a little aggressive with that. Yeah, profile. he could
2: he could end the season in Binghamton and nobody would find that weird.
0: And then he's in the he's in the like off conversation spot for a bullpen role next year, especially with I mean the only reliever under contract next year is John Curtis <laughs> like. <laughs> You know, like, it's a fluid bullpen next year. Like, that's probably won't stick, and I wouldn't be surprised if they extend some guys that they have in-house. I guess Drew Smith is also under contract, but you know what I mean. But, like, I, like, Edwin Diaz is the one that brings, that comes to mind. I wouldn't be surprised if they extend him. But, like, there's a lot of spots for him next year. And yeah. there's no real lefties even now. Like, the lefties are Chase and Shreve and Jolie Rodriguez. And they're easy, extendable guys, but also you can use another one too. Like there's mm-hmm. no reason not to give them a comp- competition with a guy like Askew, and if they went out then Askew goes to AAA, and mm-hmm. he's the first guy up when you need him, so.
2: Any other names you guys have kind of popped for you?
0: It was mine. And so far it's just been so bad. <laughs> like like <laughs> bad. like the the system has really struggled this year yeah. and that shows in its in its players. Like I can't really think of off the top of my head, I can't really think of when I would have to like look into it.
5: I still think Mike vassell's semi interesting, but
4: Yeah. Vassal's yeah. uh,
0: yeah. More in
5: like a I think he's gonna be like a middle reliever someday.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, yeah, the college guys are in similar boats. I feel like the Mets are just kind of seeing what sticks right now.
4: Right.
3: There was, there's another name, there's like a random picture that was getting some buzz on Twitter, and the name is escaping me right now. It wasn't anyone of particular note, so. Mm. Uh, yeah, I wish the Mets, know, this draft should be fun. Hopefully we get some, uh, a more interesting system out of it. Yeah. We have two yeah, old friends. About, oh, go ahead.
0: I was talking to my friend about the Mets system, um, and basically I was like, they could get two top five prospect got Guys in their system in mm-hmm. July, mm-hmm. and I would not—I would be threat. like. And I looked at the list, and I was like, "Yeah, easily." Like <laughs> we could be talking about two guys who slide into the top five, and if they play their cards right, and Mauricio is—is is what he is—he might—you might get a top three out of one of them, you know.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Two old friends, servian Newton and Stanley Consegra—they are both getting off to pretty good starts. Uh, Conseguro is hitting two seventy-nine, three twenty nine, three ninety seven in 70 games to St. Lucie with a homer, a stolen base, a 5.5 walk rate, and a 34.2 strikeout rate. It's cooling off a little bit, but he started at the beginning of the season pretty, uh, pretty hot. And similar to Alex Rodriguez, he's hitting the ball pretty hard, which is nice to see, even if it's not really translating too well in his batting line. Uh, Shervian Newton, 281, 364, 491 in 17 games with St. Lucie. One homer, no stolen bases, uh, 10.6% walk rate, and a 28.8% strikeout rate. He's a little old, but it's nice to just see him having... He he has life. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what becomes of him going forward, but... There are finally some returns on the newton
3: um another guy i want to believe in yeah and
2: one guy that's pretty underrated he's not really getting a lot of talk and it's he he's performing pretty well in a situation that you don't see too many guys in wyatt young who was drafted last year
0: he's an interesting guy
2: he was sent to Syracuse. You know, he was drafted last year, and they sent him to Syracuse this year because they just needed some bodies. In eleven games, he's currently hitting three thirty three, four sixty nine, four ten. No homers, no walks. Uh, uh, <laughs> excuse me, no homers, no stolen bases. An eighteen percent walk rate and a sixteen percent
3: strikeout rate. How did I miss this guy? I love the walk demons.
0: He's extremely like. I don't want to say Luis Guillorme like because Guillermo definitely has more pop than him. But, like, he's just a funny guy in that he makes a lot of contact, and it's all, like, singles, and he plays defense. Like, yep, he's just, like, an old-school-ass player. Can we player. get
3: Nick Matrigal? We have Nick Matrigal at home.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, if he's a utility guy for you who just, like, bounces around the infield, because he plays— I think he plays the outfield, too, right, Steve? Like, he did a little bit in college. Uh, Am I remembering no. that correctly?
2: No, he's only Uh uh, second base, a little third, but primarily shortstop.
0: (sighs) Yeah. So, like, if he's a second base, shortstop, third base guy who could hit, who has good bat to ball skills, then, like, that's a perfectly fine infielder to have around. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: As a fifth infielder, not really a fourth, but. I mean,
2: he's 22, you know. Almost five years younger than league average in Syracuse, which is full of, you know, grizzled veterans and everything. No, it's pretty crazy to see a guy just kind of jump into a spot like that and really take over. It's nice to see. It's good to see some good stories coming out of the system for a change. <clears throat> and he's Hawaiian, and the Mets have a long history of Hawaiian players, of course.
0: He, he, had, some, he had a few of bats in spring training, too, so... That's pretty cool. That's
2: right. Yeah, he was. Uh, let's see, two for four with a double. Not bad.
0: In in three seasons at Pepperdine, he hit 319, 377, seven, three eighty seven. So Jesus, <laughs> that's the type of hitter he is, and that's mm-hmm. fine. Like it's a nice little, it's a nice little role player to have, a nice little bench bat. But yep, more utility infielder than bench bat, but you know what I mean, especially yes. in a DH world.
2: So obviously, system could be better. There are some bright spots, but on the whole, it's more uh, dross than anything good. But you know what? That just means that there's more time for players to heat up and do good. So, perfect. All right. Well, if anyone has any questions, comments, whatever, you can send us an email at our email address from complex at at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and shoot us questions there. I'm at Steve Syper. Lucas is at Elflahos343. Ken is at Ken1191. 91 Thomas is at ZMetSeasonSZN. Subscribe to the podcast where I get podcast from. Rate and review it. And, of course, we thank you for listening. So we will be back next week. So until then, love the Mets. Love the
4: Mets.